It is very important that we pay attention to the nativity scene and the people who were involved in it because this is God's production. And the people who are there in it are people that God wants us to learn from. So I'm just going to walk through the different characters that we hear in the Christmas story and give a brief reflection on them. Because each of them communicates, well, most of them communicate a message about the innermost nature of God. All of them do. So first of all, it is important that we remember that the God that we worship, and it's unique, the Christian God in, in many other religions, it is people that go to their God to worship. But in our Christian faith, it is our belief that it is God who comes to us. And that is why it is important that that's who the angels represent. They represent how God is in each one of our lives, that God comes to us. And the God who comes to us is, it's always good when God is involved. There is always peace. There is always encouragement. There is always hope. And uh, so that it is important that, that when we hear messages of that in our lives, we have to be aware that behind that, those messages are, are the good news, are, are, is God present and active in our lives. We look at some of the other people involved in the story. Mary, for example, a young woman. First of all, she was from a part of the world that didn't even make it onto a map. It was nowhere. It was deprived. It was incredibly poor. And it was a place where nobody wanted to be from because she was living in abject poverty. And being a young woman, she was further discriminated against. So poverty was against her and inferiority was against her. But yet the beautiful thing is that when the angel came to her, there wasn't this thing, oh, I'm no good, I'm bad, I'm inferior, I'm deprived. None of that was there. The beautiful thing about Mary, and that is why she is blessed, was she was able to connect to a deeper truth of who she was. She was able to connect to something that was at the very core of her being, the very, her soul. And she was able to see that she was worthy to give birth to be the mother of the child Jesus. Because who, who God had made her, God had made her God's beloved child. And likewise with Joseph, a man who had to live with the stigma of uh, having his wife being pregnant when they were only engaged, betrothed to. And even in John's Gospel, later in John's Gospel, when Jesus was getting into a lot of uh, arguments with the scribes and Pharisees, one of them said, at least we know who our father is. So there was this constant slur on, on St. Joseph. And, and the slur was there was that, that you know, you know your, your wife is carrying somebody else's child. You're not really the father of this boy you're caring for. And once again, we can see how people can very easily stigmatize other people. We can label them and deal with them as a label and not as who they are. But once again, Joseph, and that makes him a wonderful father of Jesus, he was able to get into a deeper truth about himself. And he wasn't determined by what other people said about him. The shepherds were, in those days, 
were what we would call like homeless people today, ruffians, homeless people. They were not allowed into a court of law. They were not considered as reliable witnesses. But yet, they, were, they had a place in the nativity scene and in the nativity story. And it's a, an impressive, a, a very important message that Jesus is showing us about his care for the last, the least, and the lowly. And it is amazing that when Jesus began his ministry, he didn't go to Rome or to Jerusalem. Rome was the center of political power. Jerusalem, the center of religious power. Jesus stayed in the backwoods. He stayed in the remote areas with those who were shunned by society. Some very beautiful and profound messages in, in the story of the nativity. And then we have the wise men. We had a nativity play here yesterday with the children, and I had to call them the wise people because there was a young girl among them. So the wise men are people who were searchers, and they were searching for a message of truth. Um, there's a beautiful line of St. Francis de Sales, and it said, there's nothing as strong as pure gentleness, and nothing as gentle as pure strength. It's a very profound line. Nothing as strong as pure gentleness, nothing as gentle as pure strength. But what they were looking for is a message in which there was an absence of violence and there was the fullness of forgiveness. Because they are the messages that bring life. An absence of violence and the fullness of forgiveness. And that's what the whole story of Christmas is about. In spirituality, People use the mind as the symbol for how human beings are. I can guarantee you, everybody here, if I asked you to recount a difficult situation in your life, when you were insulted, when you were called names, or something bad happened to you, you probably could recollect it straight away. You could remember the time, the place, even the feelings that go with it. If I asked you to re recollect something that was good in your life, it is a bit more difficult. We have to work harder at that. The way our human mind is made up is when bad things happen to us, it sticks to us like glue, and we remember it very quickly. So what the Christmas message is encouraging us to do is to say, yes, bad things happen to people. But what the Christmas message is trying to get us in touch with is a deeper truth about ourselves. And that deeper truth is belovedness. So one, one preacher yelled at me one day, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior and he died for your sins? He's some southern guy. <laughs> and it took him a long time to say that because he had a very long accent. <laughs> and I said to him, no. And he says, but you're a priest. I said, I know. But that's only part of the story. That's defining me by my sinfulness. And that's not what God does. Before there was original sin, there was original blessing. And if we don't, if we don't accept that we are beloved, then we, we, will, we, will, we will be entrapped in sinfulness. In the guilt I have for wounding somebody, or in, in the anger and hurt that somebody has wounded me. 
and it becomes a vicious circle. And this is not what God wants for us. God wants us to know that the Christ child is forgiveness. Is God saying that you are deeper and greater than anything that evil or bad that can come your way? So in you accepting God's forgiveness, you're, expect, you're, you're accepting a deeper truth about who you are. And in you forgiving other people, it is you acknowledging that, that there is a deeper truth about the other person than what they might have said or done to you as well. So there is a, a mutual recognition that, that the, the woundedness, the guilt, the, 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 the harm caused to or from is part of who we are, but it's not the entire question. It's not the entire picture. There's a deeper truth. And that deeper truth is because of the gift of Jesus Christ. So the gift of Jesus Christ is saying that God came into the world because he found each and every one of us profoundly lovable. And that is the truth that God wants us to know at Christmas. It was revealed at the baptism in, of Jesus and the River Jordan, you are my beloved, in you I am well pleased. So the child is communicating that message to us today. And it is a message that we have to bring forth. And it frees us from resentment, it frees us from guilt, and keeps us in touch with who we are, God's beloved children at all times.